Paralegals are highly essential from law firms and courtrooms to insurance, real estate, HR, and more. If a paralegal career or law school is in your future, Stevenson University Online's Bachelor's in Legal Studies will help you achieve your goals affordably with no application fee. 100% online. Approved by the American Bar Association with new online sessions starting every eight weeks. Get started today. Visit stevenson.edu slash paralegal. Hello, once again, my people, my people, welcome back to another amazing show. Uh, today, uh, we should be, is, is uh, Arcel H. Uh, Hossman. Uh, she is the author of three books, actually, the announcement, uh, USA Anytime, Anyplace, and a journal of thoughts, uh, dreams, and impressions with tips on how to stay fat. Uh, she began writing cards for Hallmark and has published in uh, poetry anthologies and newspapers. Uh, she's also a uh, marriage, uh, a licensed marriage therapist in Compton, California. Uh, she also works for as a consultant for L.A. County uh, Department of Mental Health and uh, California Children's Services. Uh, she is an outstanding um, mother in all uh, capacities, including a great grandmother. Uh, and you know, she just continues to serve her community uh, as a clinical supervisor. Uh, helping those who are recover and in recovery, so um, it's quite a blessing to have her here. Uh, so I'm going to bring her on, Arcel. Uh, how are you doing yes. today? I'm fine, thank you, Marcus. How are you? I'm doing outstanding. So um, I, I said quite a bit in uh, such a mouthful, you know. But in your own words, tell us all about your transformation journey from where you started to where you are now. Oh, that would really be something. I don't know where the starting point. Maybe I should start from my early childhood when I was um, going to the cotton fields with my uh, siblings because I had to go because there was no one there to look over myself and my younger do- uh, my younger sister. So I started out there, and in 1955, I mean, I was going to school and everything. 1955. My family came, no, myself and my siblings came to California, and, oh gosh, it was quite a whirlwind, um, separating from the South and coming to the big city of Los Angeles, and where I found it so lonely, you know, to be in such a big city and to be so lonely. We lived in a cramped apartment and uh, from there, let's see what happened. Oh, I experienced early pregnancy with um, someone who was much older than myself. Um, it was actually statutory rape. And later on, I uh, was longing for this person for, for so many years, not knowing what, you know, what had happened to me. And so, anyway, I ended up having two other children. I finally married my youngest child's father, and that was a very abusive relationship. But prior to then, uh, when I was pregnant with my youngest child, uh, I saw in the newspaper that uh, the father, even though I didn't know I was pregnant at the time, the father had gone to jail for uh, attempted robbery. So I was... Learned, I learned later that I was pregnant, and uh, so uh, what happened, he went to prison, and I couldn't uh, seem to 
No, I was always afraid that he would get out and what he would do when he did get out because he wasn't very kind to me before he went in. So anyways, uh, I ended up, my first job was, uh, I guess, housekeeping. Uh, I, I went, did a few of that kind of kind of uh, work. And then my next job was in a cannery. And it was so interesting because during this time is a time when my sister and I had started to uh, go to nightclubs and um, in the, in, on the weekends, and it seemed such a relief. And it was during that time that I met Miles Davis. Uh, we had gone to a club to watch he and his band play, and then we decided to leave and go to where we usually went to, the It Club it was. And as soon as we got in, the whole uh, Miles and his whole band came in. So, But anyway, somehow... Uh, Miles uh, persuaded someone to um, introduce us. So anyway, but to go with that, to leave that for a moment, I ended up having in 60-something, in the early 60s, I had a nervous breakdown. I went into the hospital and stayed there for six months. I kind of lost touch with reality. And um, during this time when I was hospitalized, I was going around telling people that I had written a book and I was going to write a book and was going to New York to have it published. Oh, I was just really out of mind. Hadn't written anything. So anyways, uh, I finally was released from that um, mental hospital. And uh, what happened, I started work at uh, first at... um, electrical place where you learn electrical equipment, how to assemble things. And and from there, uh, during this time, I had my youngest child's father had come home and we had married. And he was very abusive toward me. So uh, one day I just decided at work that I would, uh, it was time for me to go. And so the lady who headed the place asked if she wanted me to write a recommendation for me and I said yes so anyways and she sealed it I don't know what she said yes I did find out eventually what she said but anyway uh, I went to work for McDonnell Douglas uh, as a production control clerk and um, from there oh, I was so depressed uh, I um, one evening I read the newspapers that someone that there was a workshop going on at this is in Long Beach called the Douglas House Foundation named after Frederick Douglas so I would take the things that I had written and would share them as other writers did and during this time there was someone from Hallmark Cards who was scouting for new talent so I was selected to write for Hallmark Cards by assignment for, I guess this went on for a couple of years. And then by this time, I had decided to buy a house, and uh, that was some chore. Uh, so I bought this house in where my children grew up. And uh, let's see, I started more seriously to write because, well, all along I had been writing poetry 
for Hallmark cards and writing other poetry on the side that was not for Hallmark cards. And, um, and well, while I was at McDonnell Douglas, I decided to write a book, and that came about because uh, someone had sent me an invitation from UCLA Extended uh, School to attend this event where writers were uh, to speak about their works, and um, and there were other people on the panel, including uh, the chief book critic then for the L.A. Times. He has since passed away. His name was Robert Kurz. But anyway, at the end of it, he asked if anyone wanted to join his class in writing, novel writing, and the only way that you could get into this program was to um, his program was to um, write a story and send it in anonymously because he said he didn't want to be influenced by people he may or may not know. So he wanted to just read it, not knowing where it came from. So I wrote the story. Uh, I mean, a short story called The Apartment, and I was selected to by him to attend his writing class. So I don't remember how long it was, six weeks maybe, I don't recall. But anyway, during that period, um, we were asked to sit down and just write for a certain number of hours and just see what came out, you know. Well, anyways, um, uh, I got the gist on how to put together a novel. And so then... Uh, while I was at Douglas, I spent my breaks and my lunch time mostly writing that book, The Acknowledgement, my first book. And um, after that was published, um, what happened? The Los Angeles Times did an interview with me, and they published uh, this, um, some bits of my life, including parts of the novel, The Acknowledgement. And by this time, I had started a new book called USA Anytime, Anyplace. And that story was about, um, well, let me first say a little bit about the acknowledgement. That entail familiar uh, dysfunctions. And uh, my second book details... Um, organizational dysfunction where there's racism and everything so anyways I by this time I had gone back to school to because at that writers conference at UCLA uh, there was one lady who was very a very accomplished writer but she was apologetic because she didn't have a formal education so uh, I decided not just from that but from another thing after I had gone to therapy with my children, um, let's see. I decided. Oh, I'm now getting, I'm now getting lost in my thoughts. But, yeah. anyways, uh, I went to therapy with my children. Uh, this was during the time that I was uh, experiencing a lot of anxiety, depression, with raising three daughters on my own. So. Anyways, um, I went from there to uh, finish Compton College, and then I transferred to Cal State Long Beach, where I completed a degree in um, journalism, 
And by the time I got through that program, I had started uh, writing, covering City Hall for the uh, uh, for one of the press uh, here in Compton, one of the newspapers here in Compton. And anyway, uh, I decided I wouldn't be a journalist because um, I didn't like the way my work was edited, especially one article that I had written, and I hardly recognized it because it was had been edited so much, and I got so very angry, and I thought, well, this job isn't for me if it's going to make me this angry. So <laughs> anyways... Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, so then I entered a program for uh, having covered City Hall. I got a clear function. I mean, I got an idea how government functions, you know. So then I uh, decided to get a master's degree in public administration. So I got that degree and um, couldn't find a job anywhere. Nowhere could I find a job, it seems. Uh, but then I did find work making minimum wage at um, Sickle Cell um, Detection Center. You know, I worked there for a while and it was kind of a miserable place. So then I transferred from there to a governmental program that was what well, was funded by the state, the county, and the city. And it was called, I forget the name of the program, but I was. Uh, played played a role in writing proposals, and one of the proposals I wrote was uh, accepted, and I worked there for until the given time that was allotted. Um, and then what happened? Where did I go from there? Oh, I didn't know what to do. I had published a book, and it was not doing anything, and. Um, Gosh, I was just thinking, what on earth am I going to do with my life? So then I got a catalog from Cal State Dominguez, and I looked through, and I thought, well, maybe uh, master's in education with an emphasis on counseling, maybe that's what I'll take. So I finished that degree, and by the time I got to the final section of that, uh, those studies, I had peer counseling. We had to do peer counseling in a class that I had. And it was there that I decided, oh, I know what I want to be. I know what I want to be, and that's going to be a therapist. Only I wanted to serve the general population, but the program at Cal State Dominguez only prepared me to do counseling in school, which I did not want to do. I interviewed counselors at school, and I was quite certain that that wasn't the job for me either. So then uh, when I did the final thing, the final course in um, education with an emphasis on counseling, I knew then what I wanted to do, and that was get um, a degree that would allow me to uh, provide psychotherapy to the general population. So I went to Pepperdine University where I graduated with a degree in clinical psychology and I went to work um, uh, earning my hours at various different places. And I, just before I, oh, this is a whole nother story, but just before I was to take my exam for the licensure, 
they upped the score from 65 to 70, I think it was. And then uh, when I first, it was 65. Before then, all these years, it had been 65 right. um, percent. Yes. And so anyway, my first exam, I scored 78, I mean, excuse me, 68.5, something like 69.5, something like that. And uh, there was such an uproar from other students and that uh, they decided to bring the uh, level back to 65. So instead of granting me uh, the degree, um, I mean, the uh, licensure, since I had already passed the 65, no, I had to take it over again. So I took it over again. And well, anyway, finally, I passed it. And then there was the oral exam. And uh, so I had never failed the class anything before. So anyways, I took the oral exam, and I thought I did very well. And then I got a failure notice. And I thought, my goodness. So wow. the, 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 the second time I went, um, and, I, I, and I failed it then, I said, oh, i got to go to Sacramento to see what I'm doing that's not right. You know, what on earth is going on? So I went to Sacramento to listen to the tapes. Now, we weren't allowed to take any uh, uh, any recording device or anything. We just had to listen, you know. So when I listened to that tape, I'd never been so hurt in my life because what I heard was the tape had been altered. Now, I had learned when I was in journalism school how to go out in the field, take interviews, take the tape back to the school, edited it, and, you know, for whatever. So these people, the people who had examined me, had edited my tape. They had taken things out that I had said. They had put things in that they did not say to me, but it was on the tape. Oh, my God, I was so devastated. Wow, I was terrible. so I've never been so devastated in my whole life. So I wrote to everybody that I knew of to see what you know, see if I could get some help. And, oh my. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My goodness, I ended up hiring an attorney, and, and my relationship with the attorney deteriorated so that I took it up on my own to uh, try to uh, let people know, to let the courts know what was going on with the system, you know. So anyways, I lost the case, but they did remove the oral exam so, uh, from the licensure, from the state licensure requirements. So now students are having to do something else. But now I had a student recently who came to me 
um, graduate students in psychology program for licensed marriage family therapists must have some therapy before they can get their degree. So uh, now what they have done was now the schools are taking up the um, uh, oral exam. My patient, who I had, who I currently have, is taking hours to get her. Uh, uh, she hasn't she, ha- she hasn't graduated yet because she didn't pass the oral. And I thought it was so ironic that it went from the state to the graduate programs to implement this oral exam, you know. Wow. But anyways, geez, finally, I after several, after this, I finally got a finally passed exam, although at, by this time I had decided that I have to find another route to, you know, support myself because it seems like that wasn't going to happen because of what they were doing to me at the oral exam. They did a lot of things, which I can't remember, but it's all documented somewhere in my records somewhere. But anyways, um, I got my license in 2003, and I've been practicing ever since. Um, uh, mostly, let's see, I what happened was when I was trying to find work as a therapist, I was having difficulty, and I thought, wow, maybe I should expand my house in uh, you know, for a therapy room, a waiting room, and a bathroom. So I did that. I extended the house to include, um, you know, the therapy room, the waiting room, and the bath. And I've been working for, like that since then, although I used to go out to people's homes to do therapy, but I don't do that anymore. Everyone has to come here if they want therapy. So I'm very busy uh, doing that, and so over the years I had written a lot of poetry, and um, after my other books were published, now the the uh, third book, uh, thought thoughts, dreams, and impressions on how to stay fat. Well, that book um, was I wrote that while I was going through the process of writing. The other books, you know, how painful it was, how right. disgusting. I mean, to be alone, so alone, you know, that was one of the things I I wrote a lot about, my loneliness. So, But anyways, uh, and how hard it was to write the books. I talked about all that along with family things that were going on in the family. So anyways, that's how the third book came about and uh, while I was doing that I was gathering my poetry that I had written uh, to put under one umbrella you know so I finally got that together and searched all the things that I had that I could find and put together the book The Lament Selected Poems and Prose so that's how I got to where I am now so (laughs) This is. Do you have any questions? Yeah, this is truly remarkable, and you know, and it definitely captures, you know, you know, a great time capsule of like, you know, how you have journeyed to where you are, and you know, and you know, and it unfolds so much, you know, um, you know, the lament, 
you know, is all about the most basic needs, um, you know, finding and keeping love and obeying your inner truth. And, and it seems like, you know, all of these roles you have took in and uh, all of the, uh, the discourse of like, you know, um, uh, you know, adversity uh, that you have went through, you know, was all about, mm-hmm. you know, on uh, finding, you know, um, you know, and keeping and obeying uh, your inner truth. You know, um, mm-hmm. and it seems like, you know, what what you really, you know, what what you, your true purpose was, was to uh, serve those who, you know, um, had 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 similar similar situations uh, mm-hmm. that you have had, you know, and uh, helping them to be able to, you know, deal with those those um, uh, bottle sugar emotions um, mm-hmm. and, and untwist those. So with that being said, you know, um, uh have have you do you feel like you know the lament has helped you to really release you know uh, when you wrote the lament you know and when you were able to like uh, put it all together you know uh, mm-hmm. all of those poems together and, and really looked at it uh, after the completion of it uh do you really feel like you was able to release you know uh, everything you, you you wanted to say over the years when you were going through oh yes yes in fact that's yeah. true of all my books you know i had no other choice but to write because mm-hmm. You know, for a long period of time, I couldn't find work. And at first, I was getting articles published in uh, what the now-defunct Herald Examiner and the Los Angeles Times published one or two of my articles. I think it was one they did a lot of my letters to the editor, but they didn't, do, they didn't publish too much of my work. Maybe, maybe twice, once or twice, but the Herald Examiner published me several times, and so did the Los Angeles Sentinel. They published things that I had written. So, uh, so but anyways, um, I'm very relieved now. I don't experience that loneliness and that isolation. You know, I yeah. guess my work helped with that. So, yes, and and having gotten all of those emotions outside of me, that's what was so helpful, you know, to express those um, events that were happening to me that I didn't seem to have any control over yes. and how I was dealing with it. And I was dealing with it, dealing with it by writing all this stuff down, you know, because, and it seemed to have released me so that, you know, I don't carry all that stuff inside of me. So um, I'm able to help others, I think as a result of that. Yeah, they, they they say sometimes we become imprisoned to, you know, our our own thoughts and our own worries and 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 if we don't release those or don't talk to someone about them, you know, and get them out somehow, you know, um it does hold us back. Um you know, so is this is this like the perfect antidote and formula that you, you know, also recommend in your own therapy sessions with, you know, with, you know, with some of your your clients? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, uh, the client that I was talking about who had to get uh, therapy for her graduate school, well, I was talking to her about releasing uh, the thoughts that she had, but she has another way of releasing her anxiety, and that is through painting. You know, she does painting when she feels so anxious, and that's fine, too. You know, any thing that helps you to get outside of yourself 
you know, those feelings that are bundled up, it's so helpful to release them in some kind of positive way. So, yeah, so not only writing, but other forms of, other art forms can help with uh, releasing those pent-up feelings and emotions. Yeah, and and it's quite remarkable because, like, you know, you you said that this is, you know, uh, writing was, you know, something you said you were going to do while you were, you know, uh, in your own um, therapy and and recovery. Yes, yes. You know, know, your own mini recovery, you know, uh, in the mental, uh, when you were, you know, uh, you know, in your when you were recovering in the mental health uh, institution, and and, uh, and when you got released, and you know uh, everybody thought you were crazy, but you know it, mm-hmm. it was just something that you know you, you already held in your heart, uh, and it, it was something calling you to do uh, for yourself, you know, and mm-hmm. and then when you finally uh, began to do it, and you, you started working, in, you know, working in different capacities. It, it, it came alive, you know. Uh, it came, mm-hmm. it, it became a breathing, uh, living thing for you, and um, yeah. and it, and it ultimately directly directed you to your your true purpose. You know, mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's so interesting now that just when I thought, um, well, my books aren't going to do anything, so and so I felt I would be happy for the rest of my life doing therapy. But now it seems my books are coming alive again. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a, it's like a second, it's like a second life, second part of your life. Um, yes, you know, yes. all over again. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we not we never know where we're going to go. Um, we never know how many how many uh, roads we have um, left. You know, in our lives. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, in, with that being said, you know, um. There, there are so many people who, who you know, uh, are easily deterred, you know, uh, by, by adversity, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and definitely by uh, external, external pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, what, especially, especially in the media, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You had an inside uh, uh, look at that. You know, when you were working for uh, working as a journalist, you know how they yeah. how they remix some of your. Um, you know they <laughs> they take your take your work and then they change it out of way how they want mm-hmm. want it to be worded so mm-hmm. that they can you know uh, sway the media in, in either direction, mm-hmm. uh, sway the sway the masses in either direction and like uh, and incite the masses. Um, mm-hmm. You know what can we do uh, to to protect ourselves against that against the adversity that we encounter yeah the adversity and the outside the, the outside noises the and outside influence yeah well you know there's this there's this or, or do we or, or do we prayer. not or, have, oh okay yeah go ahead have you heard of the serenity prayer yes i have you know that's what guides me along mm-hmm. help me to um Oh God, help me to. Well, I can't think of it right now, but I yeah to change uh, the things I cannot change and to know. Oh, help me to. Yeah, I I, I got it. Yeah, for I you. can't think of the words now, but yes, it's very helpful to me all along. You know, to know what things I can change and what things I cannot change. Yeah. You know, and people can only change when they're ready to change. You know, you can't push them. You can guide them, but not push them. You know. 
Right. So yeah, it's I uh, work from. Uh, I got it for you. Uh, it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, yes. the courage to mm-hmm. change the things I can, and the wisdom change to know the, the difference. I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. Yes, I love there you, that prayer. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to back you up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Yep. Yeah, that's that's definitely good advice, and um, it's definitely so true. Even even for those who aren't, you know, who wouldn't call themselves, um, you know, religious. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it, but it's it's a it's 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 a good good prayer to just release that, uh, release release. Um, we, I guess it's a, I remember in um, uh, hearing it in uh, therapy. You know, uh, letting go of the rope. You know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you let go yeah. of the rope. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and you know, never know where you're going you're going to land up <laughs> yeah. when you let go of the rope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, is is there any? Maybe a good place. Yeah. Is is there any final words uh, as we approach uh, our our time limit? Is there anything else you would like to like to you know just mention to us or you know um, say you know um, about any of your books or you know or just something else you got going on? Well, there's supposed to be a book signing deal coming up, but I don't know the date or when. I don't. I know where, but I don't know the time. So, and with all this stuff going on in the world today, with this uh, coronavirus, mm-hmm. you know, people are staying out and staying yeah. in. So, I don't know when we'll do that, but uh, I don't know. It's coming up, though. It, it is coming up. So. Yeah, it's truly a scary world, you know. Um, you know. Yes, it really yeah, is. It's, it's, My goodness. You know, uh, definitely that coronavirus uh, definitely got us mm-hmm. all on a high alert. You know, uh, we definitely mm-hmm. have to, you know, remember to take care of ourselves uh, in that capacity yeah. as well. Uh, so. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we we thank you so much um, for joining us today. Uh, and well, thank you so much for having me. My goodness, I really appreciate this. <laughs> you, you, you know, you no. definitely been a blessing to us. And um, we let me go on ahead and uh, just repeat the name of your books again. We would like to uh, join, uh, have everyone join us in supporting you and uh, purchasing the books. Um, they can find all of them, I believe, on Amazon. Correct? Yes. Uh huh. The first one was the acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was USA Anytime, Anyplace. Uh, the third one was a journal of thoughts, dreams, and impressions with tips on how to stay fat. That's that's sarcasm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, the last one was the lament, selected poems and prose. So, and they're all available, as you say, on Amazon. Yes. Indeed. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you do go and check those out. Um, the, the author we are talking with today is uh, Arcel, uh, Arcel H. Yes. H. Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's correct. And you spell our first name is E R C E R C E L. Yep. And if you uh, definitely uh, want to recommend everybody to share this episode recording with a friend, with a family member, and even a friend of me, you know, so we would like our, all our enemies with, to become our friends uh, after they hear this yeah. wonderful recording. They will appreciate you so much afterwards. And okay. So where, where can I find it to send it to my friends? 
Oh yeah, so uh, for those who are listening, on uh, this is available on on YouTube, Spotify, and um, and also on um, iHeartRadio, on uh, Apple Podcasts, or any of your uh, favorite um, podcast apps. You know, so you can you know find it there. You know, on uh, just do a quick search. And you'll definitely be able to find it there. So, uh, and what do I search it under? What would be the name of it? Uh, so uh, you would definitely do a, the best way to do uh, do a search would be to search the. Uh, you could put in Arcel H Hoffman, on, okay. and you will find it there. You know, um, just using using the keyword Arcel H mm-hmm. Hoffman uh, okay. inter- interview. You know, and you will be able to find it there. Uh, so, uh, do hold the line, Miss Hoffman, uh, and I'm going to okay. talk to you there. Uh, so, thank you, okay. thank you guys uh, for listening, uh, the audience out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, until next time, I'm your host, Marcus Hart. Many blessings, peace, and lots of love. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.